on the coast of Western Australia, you'll find a strange group of lumpy, shaggy rocks. Imagine uh, they look a bit like a supersized piece of ginger root, and there's tons of them, all laying in the shallow water. They're called stromatolites, and they're kind of rock, but they're also kind of alive. They're made of sand, which is not alive, but bacteria, which is. And the bacteria produces a kind of adhesive, a glue, that binds the sand together. And as the bacteria makes more of this glue, the stromatolite grows bigger, ever so slowly. These particular stromatolites are thousands of years old. They represent a species that has been on the planet for three and a half billion years, nearly as long as the Earth has existed. And they're not alone. We're surrounded by living organisms that live for millennia rather than centuries. The living creatures of deep time. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're talking to author and artist Rachel Sussman. We'll be talking about a subject that's occupied her attention for over a decade and taking a tour of the world's oldest living things. That's after this. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. 3,000-year-old living rocks in Australia. A 9,000-year-old spruce tree in Sweden. 2,000-year-old baobab tree in South Africa. And a 43,000-year-old shrub in Tasmania. Rachel Sussman has photographed them all. For 10 years, she documented the world's oldest living things. I initially thought I would find a scientist who would um, partner with me, that there'd be one scientist and myself, and we would jointly do this project. And I quickly found out that there really is no area in the sciences that deals with longevity across species. So instead of working with one scientist, I worked with probably 25 or 30 in some capacity or other. The project started with that tree in Japan. 
the Jomansugi tree, a Japanese cedar, on a remote island in, in uh, 2004. The tree's over 80 feet tall, 17 feet wide, and up to 7,000 years old. It's covered in a kind of nubbly bark, this sort of wrinkled skin. It wasn't standing in front of the tree itself where I got the idea, but rather I was sitting in a restaurant in Soho having dinner with some friends, telling them the story of my uh, experience in Japan, where suddenly I got the idea. The idea was to explore this concept of deep time. That huge arc of history that existed long before human beings ever showed up on the scene. Rachel wanted to understand the magnitude and mystery and just photograph the beauty of these living creatures who have long predated us and will probably long outlast us. Do you feel like people need a better way to to connect not just to these long-lived organisms, but to the concept of, of sort of deep time in general? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my feeling is if we can create relationships with deeper timescales, we actually connect to, you know, some of uh, Native American cultures think about things having an impact um, seven generations forward and seven generations back. Um, that's something that's completely lost on contemporary Western society. Um, to me, nature is a key in finding those um, stepping stones back into relationship with deeper timescales. As Rachel began to think about the project of documenting the world's oldest organisms, she settled on some rules. Every organism needed to be at least 2,000 years old. They had to be continuously living. Things that were revived from stasis didn't count. But even then, deciding what to include could get tricky. Oldest gets complicated, right? Because you you, you, gotta, you sort of put the extra definition of continuous. So you took out these sort of mm-hmm. dormant things. Then you get to mm-hmm. living, which is like a huge, dicey thing on its own. I mean, right, like viruses, all of this kind of stuff is, is in this strange, mm-hmm. uh, uncertain place. And then even things, I realized like, well, you know, there's a, there's the tree that's 5,000 years old, but then there's the clonal trees, which are not precisely the same tree and yet really the same tree over and over again. So it's a, it's an interestingly um, slippery concept. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's why I love it, too. I mean, I, I think it would be so much less compelling if it wasn't so slippery. Uh, because it really is meant to provoke everything that you're saying, to provoke all these questions. So it's it's so much, the title is deceptively simple. Rachel's work began long before the shutter of the camera ever went off. She spent countless hours getting deep into the research behind each organism, trying to understand them. Then experts came in giving advice and thoughts on the project. Over the course of the project, she traveled to every continent and photographed over 30 different organisms. Rachel traveled to Antarctica with a one in 10 chance of the weather being clear enough to actually photograph this ancient moss bank. And miraculously, it was. Being in the field was always unpredictable. One time, a broken wrist cut short a trip to Sri Lanka, where she meant to photograph a 2,200-year-old sacred fig tree. And then there was a time in Greenland when Rachel was in hot pursuit of a 3,000-year-old lichen. 
I had a moment of just really questioning how far I would go to, it's like, I'm here to photograph lichens. Is this really something worth dying over? (laughs) After a decade of work and some truly harrowing travel experiences, the book was finally done. But it wasn't quite as triumphant as Rachel had hoped. The only moment that, ironically, that I felt maybe I had... I was doing the wrong thing was I'd actually completed the project and I had, I was completely broke. Um, My publisher wasn't releasing the rest of my advance for my book, which wasn't very much anyway. And I had this moment of like, oh my God, I ruined my life. (laughs) I really had a week where I was just completely distraught. I I truly, I I ruined my life. And at the end of the week, I got the Guggenheim. (laughs) (laughs) The Guggenheim was a prestigious fellowship that basically validated the past decade of work. Somewhere along the way, this quest to catalog and document the world's oldest living things became part of a bigger journey, a kind of spiritual journey. But it's interesting because I really feel like there's this crossover that my my art practice is directly related to uh, building this deep, resonant relationship with nature. And again, the meaning of what it is to be an embodied consciousness. And so the, the studies that I'm doing right now, I really feel like an integration of some of these artistic practices that I've been doing and finding a way to literally walk through the world with this spirit of understanding both the largeness and the smallness of our individual beings. Anatomically modern humans have been around for just a few hundred thousand years. We're basically brand new. We've occupied a minuscule sliver of Earth's 4.5 billion year timeline. And yet we live surrounded by organisms that are profoundly older than us, even by individual trees that have been alive since before humans created cities or alphabets. Finding our place in that timeline is about as deep a question as someone can ask, and one that Rachel Sussman continues to find fascinating new ways to explore. I feel so blessed and honored to have, um, in some ways, again, like gone through the initiation of doing the Oldest Living Things project that brought me um, to a path that I feel is, is just really beginning to reveal itself. Thank you to Rachel Sussman for taking the time to tell me about this incredible project. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Special thanks to Cami Mojica for working on this story with me. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Chilenya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And this episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher.
Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decodering, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by the New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.